Hello everyone, welcome to Joint Hypothesis Podcast. I'm your host, Renee. I am your co-host, Justin. And we will be leading you through season one, where we have some amazing guests. Our first guest is here, Teresa. And before we introduce Teresa and talk about the work that she does and how she feels about weed, herbs, and marijuana, and other things, we're just going to give you a little intro into who we are. So right now, we are sitting in my bathroom in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I have lived in St. Louis the past two years, and I am from New Kensington by way of Pittsburgh, but I think that St. Louis reminds me so much of where I'm from, and I, I love being here. Justin, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, please. My name is Justin Carter. I'm a software engineer from originally from the DMV area, currently living in Raleigh, North Carolina, but only moved there recently, so still consider myself very much from the DMV. And yeah, I can very much attest to Renee's love for St. Louis. Being here, there's just so much culture here. Everyone knows each other. And yeah, beautiful vibes, beautiful people. And uh, we are interviewing one of those people today. So Teresa is the owner of Tea Times based out of St. Louis, Missouri. As a faith-based business, Tea Times is about nurturing your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Tea Times teas give the world a taste of intention and purpose through peace and pace. Teresa also uh, holds a degree in biomedical science and chemistry. In biomedical science and chemistry. That was a mouthful, ladies and gentlemen. And is a poised and graceful black woman. And we are very excited to have her here. Teresa, how about you introduce yourself? Because you see what happens when I try to. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa Wooten. Yes, I am the founder of Official Tea Times. Um, Tea Times essentially was created in the form of intention for a gift for myself, my future self. I had no idea how far it would get me. How it even came about, I had childhood obesity, um, went through a program to lose the weight, got all the help that I needed. I got inspired to um, learn all of the medical and science courses, and that's why I graduated from college with a degree. Mm. Um, and so I hold close nutrition, wellness, and just overall well-being. Nice, nice. And Teresa, we actually met on a farm. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure if we were like pulling weeds or just talking, but I really remember vibing with you over how good the earth was. Mm-hmm. So let's just start this conversation about the earth because we want to give thanks. Um, what does it mean to you to be connected to the earth and what are some of the ways that you like to connect with it? Yes, what it means to be connected to the earth. For me, um, being a water sign is definitely like anchored yet buoyant. So mm-hmm. really being in the in-between space always knowing I can ground and home myself, but also not doing it so much to where I never explore and adventure and allow my curiosity to be. So that's what, um, that's what it means to me. Mm. Mm. So you mentioned that 
throughout your life you've you've learned a lot about medicine, you've learned a lot about nutrition, just a lot about a lot of different things about like health and wellness in general. And so what does wellness mean to you and what kinds of what kinds of things do you do to stay well? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, wellness to me is living <laughs> truly and truly living, not surviving or um, just doing what you can to sustain. It's more so a regenerative lifestyle, um, to put it simply. And wellness for me and the ways that I stay well, of course, drinking tea. Um, but also there's so many other things you can do with herbs. I don't even limit myself to just drinking tea. Um, sometimes I bathe in my herbs. Sometimes I create a ceremony. Um, other times just literally talking to the plants. That is a form of wellness. So, yeah. Ooh. And can you touch more on talking to plants? Because I personally, I talk to my plants mm -hmm. and I feel like that connection is powerful. But talking to people who maybe aren't plant parents or who just aren't that in in that realm can you explain what is so special about talking to plants and just being with the nature yes so i'm gonna just say everything is alive even um elements of like metals they mm. have a blueprint of energy and so it's important to acknowledge that everything on this earth has a blueprint blueprint of energy and um we, it's important for us to acknowledge it. And so speaking to the plants is therapeutic for me. It's a safe space for me. It's a haven for me and truly a part of my healing journey, but also spiritual journey. And um, they were here long before us plants. And so they are forms of our ancestors. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I really like what you said about like, um, how like everything's alive. Like, you know, the plants are alive, you're basically like growing this life form like in your home. Yeah. Because uh, I recently have just started getting into plants. Okay. And yeah, having a couple of plants, it's cool to kind of go by and see like, you know, every time, I didn't think I would be one of those people who'd be like excited whenever like a new leaf grew. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, like this thing really is alive. Like, mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I really like that you said that. Thank you. Yeah, even when like a plant puts out a flower, it's like, okay, I see you want to have sex. Like, <laughs> I'll cheer them up <laughs> because it's true. They want to spread their seed anytime they have that flower. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so interesting too because when we talk about sex with nature, I mm -hmm. feel like it's so much more like this is natural. This is yes. part of life, but you know, gets a little bit of a there's a little bit of stigma when you talk about when you're talking about humans and right. things and whatnot so <laughs> i don't know if our listeners were expecting to hear about sex but everything is on this podcast um especially plants we love plants speaking of i, I guess like health and wellness i've been trying to like grow some of my own like uh, herbs and vegetables and stuff and mm -hmm. sometimes I have good luck and sometimes I don't I realize I'm a good pepper <laughs> I'm a good pepper mama like I can I can grow a few peppers tomatoes not so much mm. <laughs> um, are there any veggies that you find yourself growing or is it mainly herbs I mean I'm sure you have to grow a lot of them to make your teas so yeah what's your garden look like 
Oh, it looks a little bit of everything. Um, so I am growing crops this year too. Uh, this is my first year of growing crops and herbs Ooh. all together. Everyone's like, you've done this before. You're, you know, you're good at this. But this is my first year ever. And I'm okay with saying that because I am making all types of mistakes and I have to fix them. <laughs> and so the crops that I'm growing this year include, um, so for this season, I'll just talk about this season. Cucumbers, watermelons, squash, zucchini, mm. um, and then when it comes to more, oh, okra. I cannot Ooh. forget okra and sweet potatoes. Ooh. I almost skipped over Ooh, it. Well, not the sweet potatoes. <laughs> yes. So I'm growing those. Those will be ready um, mm. late summer, early fall. And then in terms of herbs, it's so many, but to name a few, especially of the signature ones that we're currently drinking on, <laughs> holy basil, also known as Tulsi basil. <clears throat> super adaptogenic is going to help you with your hormones and just regulate yourself spiritually it's really going to open you up from the heart um Ooh. lemongrass everyone knows about lemongrass it's going to boost your immune system with that vitamin c punch but it also removes inflammation in the body we have blue corn flowers growing but also in this tea <clears throat> it is really good with just immune system um, but also opening up of the throat chakra. So helping us speak here on the podcast. So fitting. Yes. And then a little bit a little bit of spearmint, um, once again, for just hormonal support. If we have any nerves or anything like that, it just helps us zen out. And it's nice and synergistic with the Tulsi basil. So that's what's in this tea blend, along with the chamomile, just nice and calming. Um, I'm growing a whole bunch of other herbs like calendula. Mm. Um, passion flower anise hyssop to name a few Ooh, ooh! first off yes i can't <laughs> believe i neglected to mention teresa prepared these wonderful tea bags for us and we are here drinking a garden in a cup I'm <laughs> pretty saying, much yeah <laughs> we're here stirring around these beautiful bright blue flowers like we don't think about mm. nature as being so vibrant we think about greens and browns but like the rainbow literally originates from, you know, nature. nature. It's natural. All the synthetic colors that we spend so much time trying to produce are literally right here. And I'm just so excited that I'm able to have what seems like to be the, the ultimate podcast preparation with, mm. I don't know, getting myself together, opening up my throat chakra, like yes. clearing the inflammation. I feel ready. I feel ready. Yeah. I guess adding on to that, like I'm, I'm curious because I, I personally don't know too much about like different herbs and stuff and what mm -hmm. um, purposes they may serve. And so it's one thing I wanted to ask is like, how'd you come to learn all about these different herbs and stuff? Because like, for example, yeah. I'm not much of a tea drinker, mm -hmm. so I hopefully I will become a little bit more after this. Hey. But <laughs> when I, I know that at least in the past few years, like whenever I hear people talking about like tea and stuff, um, I hear like, oh, like lemongrass tea, like spearmint tea, and you know, you see these things where it's like, okay, it boosts this, it does this, and it's like, you know, how did you come to like figure that out and like learn about it for yourself? Oh, that's, that's a, a journey we're still on. Um, I want to say I came across uh, just general interest in just tea parties. Um, I want to say I was freshman year in college, like the summer going into freshman year in college. So we're talking about like 2016. Mm. And um, yeah, I I was like, 
I want I want to have a tea party or something. I never seen like someone that looked like me having a tea party. Mm-hmm. And I put that idea away. Um, let's say maybe three months later, uh, a friend invited me to a pop-up here in St. Louis. And a pop-up is where all small businesses vend and have their crafts and offerings. And essentially, I, I was exposed to entrepreneurs. Mm. And so that idea came back up. And I was like, okay, what can I bring to the community not necessarily tea parties right now because I wasn't into event planning or coordinating it was more so maybe a product I can introduce to people Mm -hmm. and then um later that night we ended up going to a college party (laughs) I'm talking like okay I'm talking like an old person we went to a party (laughs) and you know how traditional parties go I'm on my phone the entire night just researching and developing R&D tea times. Yes. In my notes, I was just drafting up, okay, I want my brand colors to be this. I want um, my logo to be this. I want this to represent this. I knew nothing about tea. I didn't know what it really was, but I was like, there's something there for me. Mm. And it wasn't until the following year, my grandmother had hypothyroidism. And so her uh, thyroid wasn't operating in the way it was supposed to. And I got the idea like, oh, well, maybe I can help her with some herbs. Like Mm. I'm starting to see in school that you know, there's pharmaceuticals for this, but maybe there's a plant, you know, maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I started to do some research and I made her a tea blend. It was, (laughs) it was very simple. It was lemongrass and rose petals and she enjoyed it, although it didn't really serve its true purpose, Mm -hmm. but it got me started. Mm -hmm. It got me started in making blends. And so I started making blends for her. I started making them for myself, for my family and friends. And then from there, it caught wind like okay I like this and so um, it wasn't until the pandemic that I actually had time to formulate more energy into what tea times really is giving it the identity of what it is and wanting to make a business oh wow through it so cool yeah so wait at this party so if you, <laughs> if, if you were making tea I'm guessing you weren't you were dancing and just no, so that, that was just completely just research. Okay. So I didn't know anything really about tea at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. I was just, okay, I want to make this business. Let's make it happen. I know how mm-hmm. to make a, a name for the business, and I created Tea Times. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted the colors and that type of deal, so... Honestly, no dancing. I see. <laughs> sure, your friends are like, we're not bringing her nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she, the whole night, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm cool. I'm getting downloads. I'm just trying to capture this because uh, I didn't know what it w- was yeah. going to turn into. Wow. Honestly, I feel like you get the best ideas when it's somewhere random. Yes. Supposed to be doing something else. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember all Justin and I's conversations about a year and a half ago. It's the pandemic. We're both talking about, you know, getting into cannabis and how much we enjoy it. And just sitting here giggling, saying, <laughs> joint hypothesis, get it? Like, <laughs> like two, hi- two hypotheses. <laughs> like, it's, it's two scientists. We were just like, yeah, that's hilarious. And then we just kind of let it be. And it grew up to be 
now this podcast. So I feel like with Tea Time's origin being like, oh, yes, like I knew I wanted to provide a, a good a service to people mm-hmm. in need during a party. I get that. I get that. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think just piggybacking on that. Um, I think Renee highlighted like a really big theme that we kind of want to touch on, which you've definitely done a good job of touching on so far, which is drawing that connection between like, you know, with regards to medicine, bringing more attention to uh, those more like, I don't know if traditional is the right word. Like holistic remedies. I guess, yeah, holistic Mm -hmm. remedies. Because you mentioned like, you know, you looked at like uh, pharmacological solutions Mm -hmm. and then end up on like herbal solutions for helping with your grandmother's symptoms. Yes. And... Yeah, I think that that's just like a very, I think it's a very understudied area as far as like, you know, health and healing goes. And I think especially as, um, you know, all all three of us kind of started with like a more uh, techie science STEM education. Yes. And then, you know, learning more about that kind of stuff is, it's definitely two different worlds in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah, and I wanted to shed light by bringing intersection to that. Um, mm-hmm. So now that I have evolved in my business i serve clients that you know really may need the medication they're on so okay you're going to continue to be on that Mm. yet let's find some herbs that will go along with it and really be in parallel Mm. um because let's let's say this um there are herbs out there that are not meant to be mixed with medications and so it's very important to find someone that you not only trust but that has your best interest in health mm-hmm. um because let's just be honest there's a risk of it being lethal at the same time so really someone taking it seriously and as a practice mm. so i i think i've thought about herbs as medicine but the idea that some of them could be dangerous when mixing with your own medicine do you have any mm-hmm. any advice for people looking to get into herbs as like a I don't know, maybe they're just interested in drinking tea more or like your grandmother, they're looking for solutions outside of pharmaceuticals or something to be paired with pharmaceuticals. Is there a way to do that um, safely, but also in a way that would be great at pairing natural solutions with what we already know in the medical world? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question because I think it takes a certain level of understanding medically and scientifically but also the herbalism side, um, the actions and the energies of the herbs, because every herb has an action, same with any medication. And so it's very important to know both. Um, When it comes to resources, I would do your research on who you are looking for to um, be your care provider, what their background is, um, if it resonates and aligns with your path of healing, because everyone will simply not be for you. So it's really important to um, have that discernment. Mm. Are there examples of those kinds of interactions that, um, you know, that you want to share? Um, I want to make sure I'm understanding your question. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that there are some situations where um, you know, certain herbs may actually be, you know, have bad interactions with, uh, you know, certain pharmaceutical uh, products. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to ask if you had any examples of that that you're aware of. Absolutely. Uh, elderberry. Mm-hmm. So it's not for everybody. <gasps> you do not want to give elderberry to anyone who is immunocompromised, anyone who's pregnant. Um, 
that kind of thing. And immunocompromised in the way of if they have uh, autoimmune diseases. Mm. So um, there's a wide variety of autoimmune diseases, mm. but essentially um, an example, let's say psoriasis or um, what are some more? Uh, lupus mm-hmm. is another one. I would not recommend elderberry. And because elderberry is immunostimulating, and many times people with autoimmune diseases, they're on immunodepressants. Mm-hmm. And so when we really pay attention to the words, their medication mm-hmm. is actually suppressing their immune system so they don't flare up. Mm-hmm. And so elderberries would essentially make them flare up because it's immune stimulating immune boosting or immunomodulating and that's crazy too because we hear so much about elderberry being the new it thing you know I think sometimes we have these great things these great herbs these great products that are I shouldn't say products actually I should say these (laughs) very natural remedies that help us navigate the world and we rediscover them and then we try to capitalize off them to the point where it's the newest and latest and shiniest thing, but then we make it dangerous. So I think <laughs> yeah. it's really important to talk about balance, you know? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just have too much of everything or too much of anything. And you also have to make sure what you're taking in is important. Yes, yeah. and serving a purpose for your body and not what's trendy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, a lot of the times when... You know, I guess maybe it's found out that, like, you know, certain fruits or veggies or certain herbs have some kind of, like, properties or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, your first thought is, like, oh, well, maybe I should, like, eat more of that. But it's, like, it's interesting to know there are some situations where it's, like, oh, this may not be the right, you know, this may not be the right solution for you. And mm-hmm. it's actually be, like, you know, counteractive to, um, to treating your symptoms. So, yeah, glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, staying on the subject of herbs, you mentioned herbal baths earlier. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? Because I think sometimes I get a little nervous about like hearing about like herbal baths or yoni steams and like how they work for people. So do you, okay, you're laughing. So you, you you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So could you, could you touch on that? (laughs) <laughs> yes. So I do not believe in yoni steaming. Mm. Um, at what point in time was it natural for a woman to get some hot water and steam their private parts? Yeah. I was just about to ask what yoni steaming is. <laughs> I guess I have an idea. Now. <laughs> yes. And a lot of these times, they, I've seen herbs that are not for the pH balance of your womb mm. so why are you using it to steam it because every herb excretes when you whenever you um pour hot water through mm. that extraction mm-hmm. it'll excrete a volatile oil which is essentially an uh, a bioavailable form of an oil that can evaporate in the air an essential oil oh, wow. is a simpler way to say it mm. and uh a lot of those herbs are not for the womb and yeah, I don't agree with that. But when it comes to a bath, mm-hmm. I I use utilize that more so as a spiritual modality. Oh. So that's not like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's very important and intentional. Mm. Whenever I utilize that, that way. 
thank you for touching on that because I, you know, I love some bath salts, a good soak, but yeah, I, I've like felt like I was always a little bit nervous because my doctors had always said, oh, do not do yoni steaming. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, we're talking about being at the intersection of the biomedical world and the natural holistic world who yes. cares about, you know, spirituality is not exempt from the work we do. It's not exempt from our science. It's mm -hmm. not exempt from our health. So being able to, to understand from both on both levels of why this is good for you and, you know, or why it isn't good for you is just, it's great to hear. I'm sure a lot of people are just as curious. Yes. So thank you for that. For sure. And then, by chance, do you have a favorite herb? I know you work with a lot, but... Oh, they are all, like, my babies, because I haven't discovered every single herb yet. Like, mm -hmm. that's to be determined. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think the herb of this season, though, for me, is definitely Tulsi Holy Basil. Okay. I will just say that for this season in my life right now. Mm. Why um, would you say that? Oh, why? Mm -hmm. uh, because of the amazing benefits. Um, so it helps regulate your metabolism. So let's say you haven't been, you know, eating well or you've noticed your energy levels kind of low and lethargic. Tulsi is going to help regulate that. It's going to help regulate a lot of your hormones, get your cycle back regulated. It's just that regulator, like, it's really good mm. and it tastes delicious and it opens you up and the way it grows it'll continually reseed and bring itself back every single year Ooh. bigger and better Ooh. and so it's so resilient and i think that is the herb of my season okay a season of resilience regeneration yes growth i'm receiving that i'm receiving <laughs> all of that <laughs> all right Getting to tea, because, you know, we've mentioned the herbs, but putting the herbs together and putting them together in a specific ratio, the cute little packaging, all of that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. to turn herbs into tea. Like, well, one, do you feel like you're like, I don't know, what a little crafts person or something like that when you're just mixing everything? Like, no. do you feel like you're still in the lab? What is it? What? How does it... Oh, okay. So there are moments where I do feel like I'm in the lab, but there's also moments I feel like I'm whipping up some some mean stuff. <laughs> and there it's it's those two mediums that I can just easily operate through. Um, so for the lab purposes, more so like for the goods I give to the public, I gotta make sure it's measured and weighed mm -hmm. properly, that mm -hmm. type of deal. But when it comes to the the real cooking, that's more so like the spiritual um, breakthrough healing work. Mm. Yeah. What are some of your favorite blends? Oh, are we talking um, about what I currently have publicly or privately? Uh, whichever you feel comfortable sharing. I know okay. you don't want to give away all your secrets. Or You're right. Stuff you may you be are absolutely for, right. You know. <laughs> give away any of your future products so yeah whatever you feel comfortable sharing <laughs> yes um honestly one of the favorite blends i've ever created was actually one of the first blends and that one's called sunshine me so it's out publicly mm. and it's very simple it's lemongrass spearmint uh ginger root 
as well as um, chamomile. And it's just those ingredients, and it's very simple. Ooh. I think you mentioned all three of those other herbs at the beginning when we were talking about the teas that we're drinking. Mm-hmm. So I think ginger was the only one you didn't mention. Ginger, so, yes. Um, what, you know, what um, additional purposes does a ginger serve, or what, um, what effects does ginger kind of have on the body that people may desire when having a tea? Yeah, ginger is the OG. It's going to fight. Um, so it's going to fight inflammation. It's going to heat you up. It's going to warm you up. It is going to soothe you uh, if you have any aches or pains as well as belly aches. And um, spiritually, ginger, like, it expedites the process. It's a quicker, like a quickening. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot about, like, turmeric, which is, I believe, ginger-based, right? They grow similar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think that, you know, turmeric pretty much does, you know, very similar very similar things. It's used for very similar purposes, so, yeah. Yeah. Would you say that it's like the world star of herbs? Because you're talking about biting, like, <laughs> with it. When you were like, this is the, this is what you want for fight, like, this is, is the spice, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do any of them hate each other? <laughs> <laughs> there are herbs that should not go together. Oh. Like what? Oh, um, I would say, um, simple as mint and licorice root just those two things Mm. um and that's because of the actions but also the properties so mint is very drying and astringent Mm -hmm. while um licorice root is more so like wet and mucilaginous and Mm. that kind of deal and so you you don't want a drying property with a wet one because when you drink it you're going to be like what is this Mm-hmm. You can't put a a taste on it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like mixing two foods together and they just don't go. Like, have you yeah. ever cooked something and then it's like you put all the ingredients together and they taste like each separate ingredient? Mm-hmm. No chemistry. <laughs> exactly, no chemistry. <laughs> oh, pun intended. <laughs> all right, and then getting back to the earth, you know. This is this is a podcast about marijuana, so we have to ask in in what ways do you prefer to partake? And when is it is it the end of the day for you? Is it a social thing for you? How's your how's your cannabis routine? Yeah, um it's very free flowing. So there are times where I partake because of just stress, but also um just spiritual purposes. Sometimes that just assists with the process. Um, mm. Smoking, edibles, you name it. I think those are one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many ways to include herbs with the cannabis to make it that much more welcoming and inviting. And I think it's becoming trendy now, once mm-hmm. again, like the smokable herbs or you know, the mix of the herbs with the cannabis, yet, I'm going to go back to the yoni steam. Some of those herbs are not meant to be smoked. Oh. Simply put, because they have resins. And you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. You got to be very careful. Okay, so do you have some examples? Because as someone who 
loves to put a little rose in or a little lavender in. Those are good. Those are good? Those are good. Okay. Okay, y'all. <laughs> I messed up. Good. <laughs> we're, we're not going to die. Um, <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. Do you ever tend to part- like partake socially or is it mainly something that you kind of do on your own? Um, solo and socially. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when it's solo, I have like my book to journal, to just be zen with myself, be in the backyard gardening and just communicating with the plants once again. And then with it being socially, it just depends on the setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that too. You got to use discernment because it is it is great to have that experience, but getting lifted and being in a place where you're not you're not stable, you're not comfortable, it mm-hmm. is it is scary. A lot of people have really bad cannabis experiences because they don't understand that like it's not just you getting high you're taking everything with you mm. like you're bringing, you're bringing everything into that world so if you've been having nightmares for the last week <laughs> having an edible right before bed is probably a terrible idea absolutely <laughs> like you got to be prepared and it does help with a lot of things it's helped me with anxiety um mm. It's helped me with post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, a ton. But I know that, like, for me personally, mm-hmm. gluten and cannabis don't mix. Ooh. They don't mix right before bed because then, like, the activeness in my gut, because it's trying to process all this gluten, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just rough on our bodies. I don't have celiacs or anything. But I did start to, to journal and kind of, like, notice these patterns because... I I kind of believe in, like, documenting everything and being in charge yes. of your health. Like, you know, we were talking about that earlier, and it just, it does not mix. does not mix. I will have some crazy dreams. Although, if you like crazy dreaming, cannabis and bloom before bed, probably a great combo. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, for me, um, I'd say it definitely, uh, I'd say it definitely also goes to facilitate self-care. I think, um... I feel like for me, it just kind of helps, like, clear my head a bit and just kind of helps me kind of hone in on, you know, things that maybe, like, bothered me or... Usually I partake, like, at the end of the day, after I've done most of my, you know, more urgent responsibilities. Mm. And so... And then usually, like, I'll kind of do my, like, nighttime routines, nighttime chores in the headspace where... I don't know. I find chores kind of meditative in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah, my fav- one of my favorite things is just kind of, you know, just carrying my vape in my hands as I'm basically just cleaning my whole place and literally just, just mental spring cleaning. Mm. And so my favorite time to smoke is usually when I'm, like, doing something but not something, like, super serious. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just, you know, just makes things a little bit more, you know, lifted and fun and almost makes things, like, meditative in a way mm. for me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you all ever partook in um, your working space? Ah, oh, like this space we're in, or oh, more like, so like career, like oh, at apps. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm gonna be the first to say it. I'm a grad student, and I know a lot of grad students smoke weed. Um, maybe we're not super vocal about it. Still a very big stigma and who we are and how we're supposed to navigate the world. But then again, if you're a grad student, you're probably very weird. So sometimes the stigma isn't there. And for me, 
like the classroom has to be a safe space for many do learning um i ask a lot of questions i'm the type of person who sits in the front row of every class because i don't want to be overwhelmed by what's happening outside of you know what is being taught so i want to be able to have casual conversations whether it be with the professor with the students around me like i i really like being provoked and thought so sometimes i find cannabis as a, a nice way of like if i feel myself being a little tense or tight or being you know, dealing with, I don't know, maybe a bunch of microaggressions for the day, mm -hmm. that it just makes it a lot easier to feel free and ask those questions that I wasn't thinking about asking before. But yes, absolutely. I think weed and thinking go together very nicely, but I know that might be a little controversial. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally don't partake when like usually when I'm working just because when I um, well for me personally after a certain point it just gets a little bit distracting and for what I do I work as a software engineer I find that when I'm kind of going through like new information I would prefer to be you know like sober it's you know more um, um, <laughs> that's okay but to add on to what you were saying, I think it's like really important that you knew your boundary too, um, because I think many times mm -hmm. I feel like I've experienced like the flip side when I would, cause okay, long story short, I feel like through having cannabis while I was working in the pharmaceutical industry and I was learning something new, I realized how much I had to release control of mm. like wanting to have it a certain way. And I didn't realize that until I was under the influence of cannabis. Um, and so that allowed me to kind of, you know, laugh at the microaggressions, mm. kind of enjoy myself because I deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that from a different lens, a different perspective allowed me to be in my power. See, my, um, you know, having the pleasant experience of graduating during the start of the pandemic, um, I haven't really been working in an office for the most part. So I, so that aspect of like uh, my relationship with cannabis and um, in a more, you know, working environment, one, people of course are weird about it in um, all kinds of industries, even though that, especially in like IT and stuff, a hell of people will smoke. Mm -hmm. You know, meanwhile, like, it's perfectly fine to like, you know, smoke in Silicon Valley, even though people are, you know, getting thrown in jail for weed and stuff for hella years. So, yeah, I think it's definitely still heavily stigmatized in most work environments, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's a privilege in some, like you said. Like in Silicon Valley, um, I know you don't get drug tested to probably be a professor. I know you don't, I don't think you even get drug tested to be a lawyer. Mm. Um, so it's just thinking about the fact that lots of blue collar work um, that, you know, you're still thinking you might be operating machinery, you're doing all of these things require testing and it doesn't really make sense because it's not that they're testing to see if you're high at the moment, but it's testing to see if there's any weed in your system. 
And even though it's perfectly normal to have a glass of wine at the end of the day, like just being able to just roll up and have a little bit after you've done eight hours plus of whatever you've done for people who, you know, aren't necessarily like our working class aren't necessarily making uh, white collar money is kind of ridiculous. So I think it's important to point out our privilege and, you know, being able to be in these professions that call themselves professional, but don't even have the same standards that other people who should be making a lot more, you know, should be involved in. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a word. Because, <laughs> like, that that just made me start rethinking everything. Like, mm-hmm. they they really don't drug test those positions. Mm-hmm. But the working class? Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of the, we see a lot of legislation about we social control. Mm-hmm. Social control. Because, yeah, you can pay all this money for a medical card, but if you don't have a medical card, it's still criminalized in Missouri. You're still going to jail. Right. So what is the point of the legislation besides to say that if you have enough money, weed's okay for you? Mm-hmm. And if you have a lot of money, you probably can do a lot of other things other than weed. Sometimes weed is that nice, cheap thing, just like herbs. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are natural and of the earth are the most accessible. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely important to talk about all that stuff, too. Yeah. So, thank you so much, so much for being here. This is our first season, and we don't know when this episode is coming out, but we do know that this is the first person we've recorded. So, if we can give Teresa, like, a virtual round of applause. But as we're, as we're getting to the end, um, is there anything that you want to tell the people listening? Do you want to be plugged in? Um, us to be plugged into your shop, other opportunities. What is going on in your world that people can connect with? Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media. Me currently not, but my page is up there on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at official tea times. So the at sign and then official tea times. You can also find me and my products on my website, www.officialteatimes.com. You can also find us on YouTube at Official Tea Times. Um, I will be rolling out some courses, workshops, and more. So I'm excited to be sharing that with you all. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank and... you. We're closing out. We are.